And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Canes Midwest shortstop and second baseman, 2024 Cincinnati baseball commit, Noah Coy, on the JKR Podcast for the Midwest Canes Baseball Series presented by Bayou City Baseball Company. Noah, super pumped to finally get you on the show, man. I know we've talked about it here a couple times, but you know, finally here it is. Pumped to have you on the show, man. How you doing? Awesome, man. Excited to be on the show and get to talking about just everything. So it's good. Okay. There we go. You know, again, thanks for coming on the show. Like I said, pumped to have you, but uh, first question I like to ask everybody to get on the podcast to get it rolling is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Noah Coy? You know, I see myself as a true competitor in every aspect. Um, I played two or three sports my whole life. So uh, one thing I like to do is win in everything that I do. Um, on the baseball side of things, I'm a middle infielder. I take pride in my glove, um, getting on base, top of the order type of guy, and just a uh, good teammate and uh, passion to win, I would say, competitor. So. Okay, so with you being a true competitor, obviously you guys are winning a lot of games sure. and playing for the Canes Midwest 17U team. Yep. Obviously you, Hogan, JT, JB, all those different guys on that team. Yep. Kind of take us through your travel baseball experience, You know how you got connected with the Canes Midwest, Maybe if yeah. there's a team you played for before them, you know, kind of mm-hmm. take us through that whole experience. So we started off, I think, around my 12-year year, 
uh, I tried out for Bulls, and that's where JB, JT, all of them were when they were younger. So I grew up in Indiana, and I played for – or I grew up in Greenwood and just played for a smaller team there, and then I tried out with JT and them. We played, grew up together, switched to the Canes our 16-year year, and uh, we've been playing together ever since then, and, you know, I've loved it there. My experience with all those guys and Jay is incredible, and I really love the program, and we win a lot, so it's fun. Yeah, and again, like I said, you know, I'm always following that Kane Midwest social media mm-hmm. page, seeing you guys, you know, just putting the beat down on some of those teams. <laughs> um, yep. uh, you know, you you'd mentioned it there. You know, have a good relationship with Jay. Also, have good relationships mm-hmm. with all the guys from that Bulls team that transferred to the Canes there a couple of years ago. Hogan, JT, you know, JT's yep. dad and Rick. I'm kind of yep. taking through the relationships that you've been able to build with Jay, with Rick, maybe some of the assistant coaches, and then maybe some of the, you know, yeah. teammates that you have on that Canes Midwest team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I first met Rick, he was uh, uh, kind of scary, not like in a weird way, but just uh, he's a hard coach and he gets the best out of you. And, and uh, I mean, him and Jay have done a great job getting all of us recruited and um, I can't thank those two enough. Um, they're phenomenal baseball coaches, but they're even better uh, mentors in life. And they uh, t- tell us how to play the game the right way on and off the field. And even our assistant coaches, Dawson Butcher, and um, some of the older guys that um, coach with Jay's team are just phenomenal in the winter, working out with them and um, just tuning up all of our stuff. And the players like JT and all them, we hang out on the regular really Hogan uh, we'll go hit in the winters and hang out on the weekends and stuff like that. We've just really had a um, bond that's been further than baseball that you can't really ask for any much more. So, and, and one thing that you kind of talked about there is obviously the Canes Midwest. One thing that they do that a lot of travel organizations don't is they have that same coach stick with you guys from, let's say, you know, yeah. obviously with you guys with coach Diner from, you know, yeah. 14 U all the way up to where you guys are now. You know, what advantage do you think that brings you in the Midwest Canes 17U team? I think, uh, you know, he knows how to play us. He's been there. And um, even if we have a tough weekend or something, he's been there through all of our processes and he knows what we can do. Uh, That's a big plus. And um, how to coach us, he coaches everyone a little little differently, um, whether he knows to get on them or um, he knows that they'll figure it out themselves. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot different for each people. Like the way he coaches me is a lot different than the way he coaches Hogan. So just stuff like that. He knows us and trusts us. So it's mostly the trust thing. That's the biggest part of yeah. That. I'm sure. And when I was, cause I was with the 16 Ukraine's uh, two weeks ago, I believe in Cary. And that was one topic that Jay was kind of talking about during dinner. So he was talking yeah. about how, you know, he thinks it's just so much, it brings you guys so much more of an advantage to, you yeah. know, have the same coach stick with you guys throughout mm-hmm. the years. Uh, but with Jay, obviously he is, I yeah. don't know, official role, owner, what, what I don't whatever, whatever the yeah. official role general is. Manager, yeah, I, what general manager, yeah. owner, whatever, for the Cage Midwest and being that 16U head coach. How involved mm-hmm. is he with, you know, you guys being the 17Us, him not mm-hmm. being, you know, your guys' head coach, but also someone yeah. involved? You know, how what type of role does he play in that 17U team? He does a great job of getting all of us recruited. He, you know, he's not there for a majority of the games, but he keeps in touch with a lot of us. Um, in the winter, we work out with him. We'll have like on Sundays, we work with him at Finch Creek and um, all of the coaches. And, you know, he keeps in touch. Um, we'll see them on weekends when we're with in the same tournament. Like I think in the Georgia tournament, 
a couple weeks back. We were in the same tournament. He stays and watches us. And uh, he just does a phenomenal job of um, keeping in touch and making sure we're getting the best recruiting and um, just overall baseball advice. So. So with, obviously with you having that same team and we've talked about the relationships you have with, you know, your guys, a 17 U team, but for you, you know, do you ever watch, you know, you, you talk about how you guys were in the same tournament a couple of weeks ago. Do you ever go and watch maybe the Kane 16 U or the Canes who are, you know, maybe a couple of years older than you in the past summers. Um, is that yeah. something you guys, you know, ever do as well? Yeah. I mean, in Georgia and stuff like that at Lake point, there's always downtime there and we love to watch and support the younger and older guys too. Um, I've had that, uh, that grid younger is phenomenal. They have incredible talent. So it's always fun to watch them and see them get better each year. And even a couple of years down my fresh, that freshman grade has a couple of teammates on my high school team that I love to go watch too. So it's just good to see them all and see how they progress as they get older. So, you know, looking back on it, you know, as you know, maybe those two years you played with Indiana Bulls, you know, playing for the Midwest Canes through 14, 15, you know, up to this summer as well. What would be a couple of those favorite travel baseball memories that come to mind? Obviously, you guys are traveling all summer together. You guys are spending so much time together. What are some of those memories yeah. that come to mind on the field, off the field? What are those memories looking like? I think the first uh, one that always comes to mind is last year's MPI was one of our biggest tournament wins that we had. Uh, that was incredibly fun. We, we were missing some guys. I think JT was in a state championship run. But um, that was awesome. That was just a really fun weekend getting to know all the guys because it's the first tournament of the year, really, for most of us. And um, that's always a fun one. One I'm looking forward to is Arizona in three weeks. That'll be a really fun one traveling out there out west and just getting to uh, play on the uh, spring training fields and stuff like that. That'll be a fun one. Thinking back, back to our Bulls days, one that was always memorable was like, um, we played at a local tournament in Kentucky. This was the summer of quarantine. So we had to play with like masks on the whole time. And that was like with all the Bulls guys that are still, that still play on the Bulls and us. That was a really fun year just because we were all together one last time before we kind of split in two. And um, that summer was super fun with just, we won a lot. And, um, you know, I love both of those guys on the Bulls and the Canes. So just getting to know all of them was a super cool experience too. So, so having good relationships with those Indiana Bulls 2024, yeah. have you guys had the chance yeah. to, you know, square off and play each other since, you know, since the split of Canes Midwest and the Indiana Bulls? We played one time. It was uh, like an MPL, just like a exhibition game. Uh, and I think they played back at IU like a couple of weeks ago, but both times neither of us really had our full team there. So they did beat us that game in the MPL, but I would say if we had a full um, team back and our two guys on the mound, probably Brayden and JB, that would be a really phenomenal game to watch. Yeah, it'd be, so. it'd be, you know, who knows? You know, like I said, I'll be there at the yeah. WWA. I mean, it'd be pretty cool yeah. to see you know, I know. West square off against the Indiana Bulls. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we get squared off at ABC or something, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be pr pretty uh, good game to watch there. But um, rest of summer, you mentioned the Arizona tournament, obviously WWA. Yep the tournament, the ABC mm -hmm. there at Grand Park as well. You know, what are those yeah. expectations for the rest of the summer? You know, those there's those three tournaments. Are there any other tournaments on the books for you guys, you know, this upcoming I summer think, as well? Yeah, so we'll play in a pastime tournament, and then the uh, Arizona tournament will be fun. Um, you know, we really – I think we've started kicking stride, getting everyone healthy. We've had a couple injuries here and there. Uh, Tyler Inch has been hurt. He pulled his hamstring, and Hunter Snow also got hurt. 
But um, getting those two back and then getting our pitching rotation figured out, it's been fun this week. Uh, it seemed like everyone was hitting well. Each person's come up differently in a big game. Uh, I think I think we can win every tournament out. That's that's the goal, obviously. You know, it's all it's always harder in those longer tournaments against national powerhouses. But um, you know, we've shown that we can stack up against anyone. And um, if we put together our best game, we always hit well. That's one thing that we do is we can hit up and down the lineup and put some good defense together and some good pitching performances and. You know, I think it's a tough – we're tough to beat, so. Yeah, with that, loaded, all- roster, with that loaded roster, I'm, you know, I'm sure yeah. you guys are expecting, you know, a lot more wins this upcoming summer. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, Hunter Snow, obviously he is hurt right now. I'm sure he might yeah. be coming back here pretty soon. Tyler Eng, we've talked about Hogan, Jack, JT as well. For you being teammates with all these guys and having such strong bonds, strong relationships with those guys – how do you guys maybe feed off each other, you know, maybe pick the brains of each other when it comes to maybe pregame routine or, you know, hitting approach, mentality, whatever. How are you guys maybe picking each other's brains as you guys go through the summer or even, I guess, even springtime as well, maybe text each other back and forth? How are you guys picking each other's brains? Yeah, well, a lot of us hit under the same – Coach Steiner has been our hitting coach for the longest time. So um, picking each other's brains just – um hitting approaches, you know, I'll ask JT or Hogan what he thought there at the plate or, um, you know, we're super competitive people too. We like to feed off each other and um, we'll have in-game competitions and just random stuff like that and give each other crap when we have bad performances, but it's all out of love. I mean, I think playing with those guys has truly made each one of us better because we kind of all feed off each other and uh, especially like me, Tyler and Reed, the three infielders will, um, uh, us having switching roles and uh, switching positions every game or so will uh, it makes us better infielders overall playing the different positions and um, also just makes us um, better teammates learning to like have your role and stuff like that too. Yeah, so. Yeah. so out of all the out of that Canes Midwest 17 U roster and everyone that we haven't talked about who are maybe some of those you know travel baseball teammates who maybe flown yeah. the radar on that Canes Midwest yeah. team, um, in your opinion. Yeah, we have a we have a couple. Um, I think one kid, uh, Micah Rinsakura Kofe. He's uh, he's uncommitted right now. Goes to North Central. He's a really good athlete. One of the uh, probably one of the best outfielders I've seen. Just overall raw tools. Um, he's starting to put together uh, really good at bats and figuring out the game a little more, slowing it down. I think he's going to be a phenomenal athlete. Whoever picks him up, we have a couple arms. Um, one that goes to my school, Connor Vanderlugaren. He's going, he's a um, a pitcher. He actually hit 93 this weekend. So I think he'll start getting some looks soon. If he can throw strikes and everything, he is going to be a really good guy coming up. Um, I think one more, I Reed Howard, he's going to Western Kentucky. I think sometimes he gets flown under the radar, but he's been phenomenal all summer for us. And uh, he always is. He's a solid player has a great glove and has been putting together a ton of phenomenal at-bats this weekend. Yeah. So. yeah. Talk, talking about however you say his last name, Re, Reinstrate Cafe or, you know, how I, I was, yeah. oh, he actually came across my laptop last night. I was looking at yeah. the home run leaders of this past spring. And I think yeah, he, had, he had like eight yeah, or nine home runs. Unreal um, high school season in that yeah, mix. Yeah. I was like, man, how how is this guy not committed yet? But, um, you know, moving that into, you know, the high school season, kind of take us through, obviously, this year, your junior season, you guys, you know, made it to that state championship game. Unfortunately, didn't lose, but still a great season there for you guys. Take us through yeah. your junior season, but then even looking looking back on it, your sophomore, freshman seasons as well. Yeah. You know, kind of take us through your high school experience. 
you know, I've grown up with a lot of those guys. We had a really deep roster the last couple of years. I think this year we had nine Division One players on our high school team. So it's super fun. Um, a couple of notable guys like Drew Colberson, he's going to Missouri. So he played shortstop this year. And um, he is phenomenal to pick his brain and kind of um, learn from him and compete with him. And every day, that's always a good thing. Um, this junior season for me was uh, really well. I had a little – Started off really hot, had a little cold stretch, and then, you know, in the playoffs, I felt like I was really locked in, and we made a great run. Uh, the glove felt really good all year, and even sophomore year, it was fun. Um, just making a run with a couple of guys like Tyler Cerny and Will, Jacob Wilson, all those seniors guys, learning from them, and uh, all of them have just been phenomenal. So, Yeah, so you know, look, at, look at you mentioned Tyler Cerny there, you know, Drew Colbertson. Yeah. Garrison Burreal, he's another yeah. guy that comes to mind when you think of guys yeah. who are a little bit older than you. But looking back, mm -hmm. look, looking back at your freshman sophomore year, who are maybe some yeah. of those guys who have who you know kind of took you underneath their wing, kind of showed you the ropes yeah. of playing high school ball? You know, who were some of those guys who were leaders? You know, during your underclass years. You know, my freshman year, obviously, when you're a freshman playing with those guys is uh, scary at first, and um, a couple of those guys were like Tyler Sterney. He drove me around a lot because I didn't have a I couldn't drive back then, you know, drove me to hit and stuff like that. Him and Drew, uh, us three infielders really just fed off each other and worked each other to a limit to where, like, you know, all three of us could probably have played shortstop at some point. We just kind of all um, competed with each other, gave each other crap when we needed to. And um, they were they were the th two biggest role models for me, I believe. And just okay. um, overall, yeah basically okay so you know with those nine division yeah. one talents yeah. this past year you know some yeah. of those guys are leaving you know obviously burial yeah. i'm sure there's maybe a couple more i mean i yeah. i mean i know quite a few guys on that center grove team but not all of them how for yeah. you you know with those guys leaving you stepping up being a senior next year yeah. how do you mm -hmm. kind of see yourself being you know stepping up as a leader maybe doing the same thing tyler and drew did to you yeah. when they upperclassmen you were underclassmen uh you know you know just how are you expecting to step up as a leader yeah, it's going to be a real different team. I think we probably have three seniors that will um, make a difference. Me and A.J. Baggs will be the two leaders and the position players. So talking to coaches and stuff like that has just been um, Coach Hatfield, our head coach. You know, he's told me that, you know, I kind of have to, what you said, have to be the leader and give back to the younger guys. We're going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of sophomores and juniors that are going to have to make a big difference. And for me, it's um, being that guy that can push them and, take them around and show them the way and give them the confidence they need to show out and um, come out in the spring with uh, good attitudes and play hard and play well. So. Yeah. So, you know, as you're looking at Southern Indianapolis, obviously you guys are facing, you know, I know you guys played Max Clark there a couple of times this year, your Midwest yep. Kings uh, buddy, Hogan, Denny, him and Morris, yep. they, they had a pretty loaded roster as well. Obviously you guys are in the same sectional. Um, if mm -hmm. you had to kind of talk about or explain what Southern Indianapolis baseball competition is looking like, obviously you, you guys in Center Grove, Mooresville, Franklin, you know, other teams around that area as well. You know, how would you kind of explain what that Indiana baseball competition is looking like? You know, one thing we, a lot of us hit together at powerhouse with uh Cooper Trinkle and them. So we get to scout them out and see all those Franklin and Mooresville guys all the time and uh, just compete with them the winner. But, um, that Mooresville team is going to be really good again. They'll have a lot of seniors that are coming back. Um, Franklin's always good. They always have a ton of talent. You know, it's always fun playing against people like Max and stuff just because you get to see the best of the best. And 
see how you compare to them and stuff like that. So that's always a good thing. Um, and really all of them, a lot of the um, Greenwood's always tough and they're always pretty good. Um, and then we've gotten to play a lot more of the HCC schools as well, just because we're a non-conference team now. So getting to play that tougher schedule and um, it gets to show us some good competition before we get into the tournament. I think that's really what prepared us for this year's run. So. Yeah. So you mentioned Greenwood High School there. I know they are like in the same town as Center Grove. I believe yeah. they're a little bit smaller school. What's yeah. that big time rival rival there for Center Grove? Is it Greenwood? Is it Mooresville? You know, what's who are, who are those rivals there at Center Grove? Well, you know, the biggest rival for us was Carmel for a long the longest time, and then we actually we don't get to play them anymore because we're not in the same conference anymore. So that kind of stinks because we were that was always the biggest rivalry. I would say baseball wise, Mooresville is obviously up there just because they're the best competition. Uh, Greenwood is always the crosstown rival as well, just because, you know, they're always trying to compete with us and, uh, they always do a good job of, they play their best game against us. And it's always, you know, maybe they're probably not as skilled as us, but it seems like every time we play them, it's always a good game. So it's so just you, one of those. Yeah. So, you know, get, so getting the chance to play up against some of all those, you know, big times here in Southern Indiana, obviously yeah. with those nine division one commits you guys have on that team, I'm sure you guys are. You know, generally getting everyone's number yeah. one pitcher. We, you know, we have the target on our back for yeah, sure. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. So with everyone that you've had to face, whether that's this year, years in the past, who would be, and this can be, you know, maybe two to three people as well. I know it might be tough to choose one, but who okay. would be that toughest pitcher that you've had to face here in Indiana high school baseball? That is tough. I would say probably Andrew Dukanis. We played him on a Saturday morning. Uh, that was a really fun one. I actually, we actually ended up beating him. We, um, we went down early and then came back, scratched, and we ended up winning seven to six. That was probably one of the best high school games that I've played or been a part of. So I would definitely say Danish. Okay. I can't, I can't imagine we getting out, get out, out of bed early Saturday morning and having the yeah. what was he throwing yeah. like upper nine? Like I think he probably did like nine. Yeah, I know. He's, um, he's unbelievable. Yeah. But, um, it was really fun competing against him. I would say he is probably the best we've faced. So. Okay, I'm sure. I mean, anytime someone's, you know, projected to be a top 10, you know, overall yeah. in, in MLB draft, I'm sure he was a pretty tough guy to face. But, you know, right. looking back on it, past three years there at Center Grove, obviously still one year left. But yeah. what would be some of those favorite high school memories? Again, kind of same question for travel baseball. What would be just some of those favorite high school memories that come to mind when you think of, you know, your junior, sophomore year, you know, even when you were a younger guy there as a freshman, you know, what would be some of those favorite memories? I would say a big one. One of the, my favorite weekends was we went down to um, St. Xavier in Louisville. This was this this past year and uh, played a really good team. A lefty Louisville commit was on the mound. And uh, that was a great bonding experience for us, staying with each other, having the charter bus. I think it's always good to have some of those weekends where, you know, you're with each other for a long time. You really get to know everyone. Um, and the people that you don't maybe you don't hang out with all the time, you get to see them and hang out with them a lot. That was a really fun experience, and we won both games. And I think that was a turning point in our year this year, uh, getting that confidence of knowing we can be some of those uh, powerhouses and national levels like them. They were a two-time defending state champion. So that was a really good uh, weekend. I think another experience was um, – uh, this re uh, the semi state weekend, this uh, winning that and seeing Coach Hatfield finally get over the hump. That was our first trip to state the state championship this year, and uh, it was a really really cool experience. Just 
kind of looking back, seeing like we've all grown up to with each other and um, the hard work kind of paid off there, I would say, is like just seeing him, how happy he was and how happy we were um, facing a good uh, castle team with Cam Tilly and all them. It was phenomenal. Just a, it was kind of like a, we really, we really made it moment. I guess is how I would say it. So, sure. um, so with yeah. that state championship game just a couple of weeks ago, you know you are slowly making that transition from high school ball to travel baseball. How would you compare? You know, the, you know, this can be you know, a, this is a pretty overarching question, but how would you compare high school baseball to travel baseball? And you know, whether that's the mentality, whether that's just you know whatever, how would you kind of compare high school ball to travel ball? Yeah, I think it's different. Um, you know, obviously in a playoff sense, you get like a week to prepare for each high school season or for each high school playoff game, which is a lot different from summer ball. You're playing like five to six games in two days, basically. So I would say, you know, it's obviously different because for the Canes team that I play for, um, you're playing really good guys. I mean, loaded rosters for each game. But um, high school more – there's more of small ball, I would say, you know, you're really trying to win those games and maybe on a summer schedule, you're a little more laid back, but you're still trying to win everything. And, uh, but summer schedule is more about re- getting recruited for a lot of people too. Uh, you know, now that a lot of us are getting, uh, or are already recruited or committed, uh, our summer team can really lock into just playing and having fun. That would be one difference. Um, and obviously you playing you're playing with different guys, but I think the competition level seeing, you know, this week we didn't see an arm that wasn't 90 and, you know, you see that in high school, but not every, not every game. So I'd say the competition level of summer is a little more competitive. Yeah. I'm sure there's pro- yeah. I'm sure there's, I, mean, I remember PBR was posting at the end of the season, the amount of guys who hit, you know, 90 plus there in the high school season. It was, wasn't very many. I'm sure you guys faced that, faced that in a weekend compared to everybody. Yeah, in the probably, I think every game was 90 or 92. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. At least to, to get to know or play in some high level competition. So. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and make that transition to the recruiting process. Obviously yep. you landed there at Cincinnati. I believe it was last fall when you made that commitment. I remember kind of scrolling through and seeing that. But yeah. uh, take us through that recruiting process. You know, when was it that you started getting noticed by some Division One teams? And when did that whole recruiting process get rolling? Yeah. Uh, you know, baseball is crazy sometimes. You know, you, you start pretty early now. Um, I think I started getting my looks at the end, like, end of my eighth grade summer. And then I got my first uh, offer was going into – my uh, fall of sophomore year was my first offer. So it started pretty early for me. And then that summer, that sophomore summer, playing like futures games and everything is when everything kind of got crazy. So um, I met, I got in touch with the uh, Cincinnati coaches early my sophomore season of baseball. So like early spring, you know, they were one of, they were one of the earlier guys to get in touch with me. Um, I really love the coaches and stuff like that. The, they actually did go through a coaching change this past summer or a couple weeks ago. And I've gotten in touch with the new coach, who, uh, Bischel, who's from Central Michigan. I really love him and uh, what he brings to the table. But the Cincinnati campus and the move to the Big 12 was one of the big reasons for me. Um, I really loved what they have to offer. And my brother also lives five minutes off campus. So that's another major plus for it. So Yeah, I'm sure. So you said when you started getting your first looks there at the end of your eighth grade year, heading into your freshman yeah. year, for you, you know, being so young, kind of take us through, you know, what's going through your mind at that point. You're realizing, shoot, like, you know, I haven't even played a high school game. You know, I'm starting yeah. to get a couple of looks for college ball. You know, what's kind yeah. of going through your mind at that point? 
Yeah, there wasn't a ton, but, you know, just looking, my dad always told me, you know, be patient. I was one of the later bloomers, you know, I uh, started physically growing a little later, but um, I always had good skill and I always had a good skill set, which made me projectable and at least there was for something to say. And, um, you know, my dad made it, had, and I had great role models with Coach Steiner, who's been there for a lot, and even Jay, um, you know, to take my time and make sure I find the right fit. Because, you know, with college baseball being so crazy now and the transfer portal, uh, one of my goals was to, you know, find the right fit and uh, try to stick where I go. So that was one of the biggest things for me. And uh, just trying to stay calm through it, take in all the advice and find the coaching staff and the college campus and a culture that fits me the best. So. Okay. So, at, you know, looking back into the beginning of that recruiting process, when it was starting to get ramped up and you're talking to different coaches for the first times, kind of take us through what those initial conversations were looking like, you know, what were some questions that they were asking you? What were some questions you were asking them just to make sure it was a good fit? You know, what were yeah. those initial convos looking like? You know, a lot of the, a lot of the first couple conversations are just to get to know me and stuff and asking, you know, one question I always asked was, um, what do you see in me as a player and stuff like that, just to see what they saw in me. And uh, even for some, what I could build on or what I could improve on was a couple of the questions I asked. Uh, the questions that a lot of college coaches ask in like first couple or what they, what I see myself as in a player and what I bring outside of baseball or like how I'm, how I am outside or off the field or some of the things that I get asked a lot. Um, and I would say for me, the biggest question I always ask is like, what was the culture in this? You know, that's the biggest thing for me is, is it a winning culture? Do people love to be there and care about their teammates and care about their team? It's one of the questions I always ask. So, okay. So you mentioned you know, a yeah. big reason for choosing Cincinnati. Obviously your brother lives really close by. So I take it, you know, family's pretty big uh, on that for you. You know, going yeah. to the 12 here in a couple of years, another big thing. But yeah. as you were comparing Cincinnati to maybe some of those other schools that were going after you pretty hard as well, what yeah. were some of those key things that you were looking for comparing school to school? What were some of those key things? Uh, I obviously the Big Twelve they get a lot more money now, so they can give uh a lot of upgrades to their facilities and stuff like that. So that's a big the biggest thing. Uh, I think um you know playing a tough conference like that it'll be it'll be tough the first couple of years, but playing against that competition will also give me a lot more opportunities. So I would say that Big Twelve switch was one of the biggest reasons. Um, the campus is phenomenal. I really like the facilities already, and the fact that they're building on top of that will be uh, even cooler. Uh, and I obviously, as you said, family is another big reason. So it's closer to home. And, um, you know, my brother's there, which is always a plus, too. Yeah, so. I'm sure. So two-parter question here for you. With this being right. the first spring of you being a Cincinnati commit, okay. so first question, did you get any chirps, you know, in that high school season where there's some teams maybe chirping you, saying, oh, this guy, whatever. I mean, I've heard some I've heard some pretty yeah. pretty, some pretty mean things from the same <laughs> other guys, some other committed guys yeah. in the state. Um, and then second question, did you follow that Cincinnati baseball team a little bit closer with you, you know, being, com you know, commit yeah. spring? You know, answer the first question. There's definitely, you know, when you commit and it gets around, where it gets around, you all, you always have a little target on your back. And, um, you know, there's definitely some in and outs where I maybe overthrew a first baseman and got some chirps. So I, I got hurt a lot of uh, go bear cats and stuff like that when I would make an error or something like that. But, um, you know, that's part of it. That's kind of how you have to roll when you are you are a commit. You know, people are going to 
be a little more hard on you and that's part of it you gotta learn from it so um and the second part of your question i definitely did i followed them a little closer than i ever have before um you know with the coaching change that's going on too uh it's always different just because you gotta meet the new coaches and stuff but you know, I really liked his press conference and everything. So I'm getting in touch with him too. And that's always a cool uh, experience too. Yeah. So. so you talk, you talk about that new coach, obviously I know that's, you know, pretty tough going from the guy who yeah. rec- the, the whole staff that recruited you to a different guy, mm-hmm. take us through on your side of things, what that looked like. You know, you find out that, you know, that coach who recruited you might not be no longer with Cincinnati mm-hmm. to the point. Now you're meeting that new head coach. What did that whole process kind of look like for you as a commit to Cincinnati? Yeah. Obviously, you know, it's kind of bumming just because, you know, the guys that can, or that recruited you and trusted in you are gone. But um, I talk, I got to talk to them and they told me everything about, you know, this new guy coming and that they could get me there and that this guy really likes me too. And getting to talk to Coach Bischel, who's the new head coach, um, you know, I talked to him on the phone a couple of times. He's, he's really uh, – I loved his culture and everything about him as well. You know, he coached at Central Michigan in the MAC and won a lot. He has, like, I think one of the highest winning percentages in college baseball, which is uh, cool to see with that he wins. Um, and um, yeah, everything I've heard about him is uh, a lot of – he loves small ball and just winning the right way and uh, getting his players to rally behind him and have energy. So, you know, I've heard uh, really good things about him. And one of my assistant coaches, um, Brandon Inge, who were his son plays on our Canes team. He coached at Michigan for a while and knows a lot about him. So it was good to just hear really good things about the yeah. new coach. Yeah. And Brandon, he played for the Detroit Tigers Detroit there. Tigers. Too, yeah. Right? He played for a while. He was in the league for, I think, 12 years. He played in the home run derby. So he had a pretty cool career. Yeah. That's what I thought. So for you being around, so this, I guess this is going back to the Midwest Canes. We'll dig in back into yeah. Cincinnati here in a second, but yeah. with Brandon edge, you know, being one yeah. of those coaches there for the Canes Midwest, you know, how with him being a major league ball player there, you know, for quite a few years, how are you maybe picking his brain? What are some things you're picking up from him? What does that kind of look like? It's awesome. He, one thing that he does really well is he gets us into the game, you know, maybe seeing if a pitcher is giving us a cookie or tipping his pitch or something like that. He's big into that stuff. Um, he said, uh, you know, at the major league level, you have to find every advantage that you can because, you know, each each pitcher is thrown a 98 with a plus slider and plus changeup. So, you know, and it's good to hear from him because he knows how hard baseball is, too, as well. And uh, he go he gets with us through the ups and downs. And um, his advice is through maybe if you're having a tough weekend, it's probably the best advice I've ever heard. You know, he just uh, he gives great advice and. You know, also hitting wise gives us great um, hitting mechanical things and stuff like that. So it's okay. great to have him on your back. And he also has a lot of uh, resources and can reach out to people, which is a great plus as well. Yes, yeah. so. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got some pretty cool stories as well. You know, playing yeah, Detroit, Detroit Tigers for so many yeah. years. But uh, moving to the recruiting process, there's a couple more questions about that. As that recruiting process started to wind down, you start to really put an emphasis on, you know, Cincinnati, maybe the schools that finished second and third in that recruiting process as well. Do you yeah. remember the day that it hits you? Okay, you know, I think Cincinnati is that spot for me. That's where I want to go play my college baseball. Yeah, um, it was my biggest thing was I, I play football too, and I'm pretty serious about football. So I wanted to commit before football season started just so I could uh, focus on football when it came. But um. I think the day, probably two or three days before I called, um, 
the coach and told him I was ready to commit. So it was after Futures games a couple weeks. I had really uh, – it had been kind of crazy those two weeks. You know, I was making phone calls in school and stuff like that. So I think that day that it hit me, it was just uh, – it was down to two or three schools. And um, it finally I just felt like, you know, they were really committed to me and I really loved the campus. And I just – I felt like that was the right fit for me. I called them up a couple of days later and every rest is history. So. Yeah. So, you know, right before that commitment, you talk about how big Futures Games was there for you. Obviously, you, RJ, Jay Lee, yeah. you guys all – I think Simon Wilkinson was there too. Yeah. All you guys decided to commit yeah. like right after Futures Games. Kind of take us through that Futures yeah. Game experience, what that was like. Obviously, I, I think you guys put the beat down on some, you know, pretty good <laughs> – was it Texas, Florida team? Yeah, we played. Well. Um, Texas – I mean, it was like the best pool you could probably ask for. So it was pretty fun, you know, playing, getting to reunite with all those Bulls guys and stuff. It's always fun playing with them again. Uh, it's really the craziest weekend you'll ever experience for college. For uh, And now with the recruiting stuff, you can't talk to them until that Futures game stuff. It'll be really crazy. But, you know, you're playing in front of like, you know, the, at Lake Point they have the – I don't even know how to explain it. The seats and stuff, I and mean, it's just filled with college coaches. It's it's pretty cool. It's phenomenal to look back there and see the schools that are, like, watching your game and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Jace and RJ, you know, Jace obviously committed to Notre Dame, like, three or four days later after. You you get all those calls. You get done playing, and then you call, like, three or four guys, it seems like, each night. So, which is always it's a cool experience. It's a little overwhelming just because you want to focus on the baseball side, but it's part of it. You got to get committed. So I'm sure. I'm sure. So you talk about how it's overwhelming, obviously with you being uncommitted at the time, you know, your, you know, your future of playing college baseball, you know, doesn't rely yeah. on that weekend, but you know, that, that weekend does play a pretty big role. <laughs> in it. You, how do you kind of block that out? Kind of still focus on the game of baseball, not really worrying who's, you know, watching you in the stands, you know, what's your whole mentality on that? Yeah, I mean, some of the advice, to, like going back to what Brandon said, you know, the biggest thing is that baseball is a game. You know, you're playing, you've been playing the same game since you were six or seven years old. So keeping that in mind, you know, you just want to have fun because that's when you're playing the best, when you're playing loose and having fun. And, you know, the one thing that I talk to my parents about is like more enjoying that experience of getting to play with some of the best talent in there. And really focusing on that, just having fun playing with some new guys that maybe you don't get to play with every weekend. So just trying to tune into that and block out the pressure of playing in front of all those scouts is the best advice I could have. Yeah. So there's a couple other guys on that Futures Game roster who ended up committing to Cincinnati around that yeah. same time you did. Obviously, Brendan Oliver, part of that, you know, Mooresville, Center Grove uh, yeah. rivalry there. Cole Decker, I know he's more down south. But yeah. you know, what are some of those relationships you have with some of your future Bearcat teammates, you know, whether that's Brendan, Cole, some other guys as well, what are those relationships like? You know, obviously I played with Brendan in the summer too, so we're really tight and just uh, getting to know him and stuff has been awesome. Cole is the same way. Cole's one of the nicest people I've ever met, and I'm really looking forward to playing with him because, you know, he's a phenomenal player. He plays a little like me, lefty bat with good speed, and he's an outfielder, but, you know, I really like him, getting to know him. We talk a lot. We have a, like, commitment group chat that we'll talk in all the time so it's just good to get to know all the commits from 
everywhere, really. So. Yeah. yeah. So when you do get to Cincinnati, obviously right now you're playing shortstop, playing second base. And you said even with Colbert's in there, there was another guy yeah. on the Cincinnati team yeah. Yeah. where you guys are moving around a lot. You know, when you yeah. do get to Cincinnati, you know, what's that plan at that next level? Do you kind of see yourself sticking at short, moving to second, moving to third? You know, what's that looking like? You know, I think with my arm strength has gotten a lot better. I think I can play all three positions. That's why I take pride in, you know, whatever is best for the team I can play. You know, obviously you want to stick at shortstop. That's the goal. I think I can stick at shortstop wherever I play at. But, um, you know, I want to be on the field too. So wherever I can play on the field and make a difference and is what I want to do. So I think all three positions I'm comfortable at. Okay. So for you, obviously when you're playing infield, you're playing infield, you know, it's not, you know, too big a difference there for you, but is there anything for you when it comes to pregame, you find out you're playing third, find out you're playing short, second, whatever. Mm -hmm. Is it a little, maybe do you, you know, what, how does that pregame routine differ compared to playing third, uh, second base? Yeah. So my sophomore year at center Grove, when Tyler and Drew were there, I played a lot more third base than I'd ever played. So third base is a little different than the middle just because the reaction time is a lot different. You know, the ball's coming at you more hard and stuff. Uh, I think getting to learn the footwork and be comfortable at third is a lot different just because, you know, you're taking one or two steps. That's about it. And it's not more about footwork. It's more about reaction and glove timing. Uh, middle, if I know I'm playing in the middle, I'll do a lot more um, footwork things in the middle before a game or maybe do some pick stuff just to work on like double play turns and stuff like that. Cause uh, it's more of a skilled part for the middle if I feel like. So that's okay. about that. There's not much difference, but I would say the reaction time speed of the game's definitely sped up at third base. So it took me a little to get used to that, but now I feel comfortable at it. So. Okay. So flipping that around from defense to the hitting side of things, take us through that hitting approach. You know, what's going through your mind. You're walking up to that batter's box, you know, you're on the on deck circle. What's that mentality? You know, what's going through your mind at that point? You know, as a leadoff hitter, uh, sometimes you got to get deep in counts. I trust myself as a a hitter not to strike out a lot. Um, For me, I have a lefty swing so I can kind of see the ball pretty deep. And if I have to go the other way and stuff. Uh, Approach for me, you know, I'm looking fastball early in the count and trust myself to adjust to a breaking ball if I do get deep into a count. But, you know, obviously you're hunting fastball middle end for the first two pitches from there, you can can get you can grind out in that bat. So, yeah. So, are so. you a big two strike approach guy for the most part? I and mean, obviously, with you being a leadoff hitter, I'm sure it differs from most people. But yeah, what's that two strike approach, and how does that differ from you know any other other any other count in the count? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not one to like switch to no stride just because I feel like I can trust myself to put a bat on the ball if I need to. Uh, two strike for me, you know, I'll get a little closer to the plate and. Uh, I really don't – I don't want to be early on a breaking ball is my thing. I don't want to roll over or get fooled by a breaking ball. So seeing everything deep with two strikes and uh, going the other way, focusing on the other way is probably a thing. You know, if I know that pitcher has a power fastball, then I'm gearing up for that and then adjusting for a breaking ball. But for the most part, I'm focusing the other way and trying to uh, drive line drive over the shortstop's head. Okay, so you talk about being a lefty, but you do throw righty. Yep. You know, how does, how does that work? When did that get rolling for you? Were you a righty yeah. wanted to switch to lefty or, you know, just what, what's that look like? How'd that start? You know, I write with my left hand. I'm kind of, it's just like, I do random things with my left hand, right thing. So I shoot like a basketball right-handed 
I've just always, I think, you know, my dad said, even when I picked up a bow and I was little, I swung it left-handed. So it, I guess the swing came naturally and then throwing, I just, I've always been a right-handed. I don't really, it just kind of, everything came naturally for me. So, yeah. and I, I can kind of do, I started, I tried switch hitting for a little bit when I was younger, but I just decided to stick with left-handed. So. Yeah, I'm sure. So if you had to dig through the mechanics of your swing from that load up, to that follow through, you know, kind of take us through what those mechanics are looking like and how maybe they've evolved over time as you've, you know, grown up into your body a little bit more and gotten a little bit older. You know, a couple of years ago, I was a little weaker, a little smaller. I had a really uphill swing. So I, uh, you know, my shoulders collapsed a little bit and that, you know, the focus of my last couple of years have been uh, trying to get stronger in my core and my lower body. And I think I've done a good job with that, which just gives me a more level swing and a stronger, cleaner path. Um, I start with a preset load almost. So my hips are already loaded and I, you know, I start a little higher up and then drop down into my legs and just stride. My main focus is staying on top of the ball and, um, you know, start my hands with, or starting my hands high and not, not collapsing them or casting them. So that's my main focus when I go into the swing and, uh, I want to get good extension through my, uh, swing path all the way through and that's probably the main goal of my finish is trying to get great extension so okay so so you, earlier you yep. said that you know coach steiner he's been the hitting coach for you hogan yep. all you different guys for the past couple of years if you <laughs> look at you know just everybody in your baseball career steiner hunley your dad obviously from uh, listening here these past you know 35 minutes or so yeah. you played a pretty big role in your baseball career as well but who have been the most influential you know two to three people who have just played yep. the biggest role within your baseball career I would say definitely Coach Steiner has been probably the most influential player. You know, when I met him in 13U, I, uh, I was a good athlete. I've always been a good athlete, but he kind of changed me into more of a baseball player, I would say, the skilled type of player that used my athleticism to my advantage. Uh, he trusted in me and, you know, find my swing ever since, you know, we first met. He's uh, pushed me to become the best baseball player I can be. I would say another advantage I have is uh, my brothers. They both played uh, baseball growing up. One played collegially at uh, Indiana Wesleyan. So I have three older brothers. All uh, Two of them played, and they give me great advice day in, day out. We'll go hit all the time and uh, push me. They push me to be the best I can be. So I would say those two are also probably the most influential people in my life for my baseball career. Okay, so looking at your game's entirety – playing, you know, mm -hmm. second shortstop, third base, hitting as mm -hmm. well, maybe even running bases. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself? Uh, I would say I definitely uh, take pride in my glove. My glove's one of the best things about me. Uh, aggressive base runner. I've, I've gotten a, a lot faster as the year's gone on, um, but I take pride in base running, putting the bat on the ball. You know, my power's developing, I would say. It's not fully there yet, but, um, you know, I've I've gotten a lot better the last couple of years um, driving the ball in the gaps and everything. And I would say I would say more of a contact hitter right now, but I can push the ball out into gaps and put it over the fence uh, every once in a while. So. Okay. So with, with power, a big emphasis within your development here, um, you know, right now trying to get stronger. Besides yeah. that, what would be some other key, you know, key points of emphasis within your development before you get to that Cincinnati campus there in the yeah. fall of, uh, next year? You know, obviously just getting bigger, faster, stronger each off season. Um, I'd say the biggest thing obviously is um, having 
uh, more opposite field power is one thing I want to uh, work on, you know, driving the ball out of the park the other way is probably the best thing that uh, I can work on. Another thing would just be keep working on my footwork and my gloves at uh, each position, becoming more comfortable about that. Sorry. Um, and then um, the third thing I would say is uh, just keep getting my arms stronger so I have the comfortable ability to stick at all all three positions and especially the left side. So. Okay. So, all right, last segment here for you. Let's move away right. from the baseball field, dig in <laughs> more personal side of things. First question, right. beyond baseball, what are some of those passions, some of those hobbies you have to you know, maybe take your mind off of something, maybe cope with some stress? What are some of those passions, some of those hobbies you have? You know, something we picked up last couple of summer, baseball guys at Center Grove, we'll go fishing a lot just in random ponds. We'll drive around. And fishing is one thing we did a lot in the postseason after practice or something just to get our mind off baseball. So I would say that's one of the big things. I like to golf sometimes too uh, when it doesn't mess with my baseball swing. Those are probably the two biggest things I'll do to take my mind off baseball. Okay, so are you, sw you swinging a golf club righty or lefty? I swing it lefty, but I don't. It doesn't really mess with my swing much. So, okay, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's always one thing. So I, I didn't start playing golf until after I had been, you know, been done playing baseball. Because you know, growing yeah. up, I always heard the rumor: Hey, if you start golfing, it's gonna, it's gonna mess up with your yeah, baseball swing. I was like, you know, you cannot be doing that. But um, yeah. <laughs> on the motivation side of things, obviously, I hear you. Sounds like you're a big family man. But you know, what, yeah. when it comes to the motivation side of things, what is it? Just deep down internally that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person, what are some yeah. of the motivations that you have? You know, being center Grove, I would say our community is really tight knit. So um, I've been, I've been the little kid that looks up to um, some of the big players that come to center Grove. And I would say one of the, my biggest motivating factors in all sports that I play is um, being the positive and good role model for those little kids and having, giving them motivation to keep playing when they get a bit older. I would say that's the biggest thing for me that gets me out of bed and wants me to keep playing hard. You know, if I have a tough day at the plate, um, you know, I step back and look at, you know, when I was a little kid, when I was just having fun playing baseball and that's what it is at the end of the day. So I would say our tight knit community going to camps and stuff like that and seeing the little kids play and having them look up to me is probably my biggest motivation factor. Okay. okay. So taking that question just a little bit further, let's say, you know, you keep using those motivations to get better, you know, continuously evolve as a, as a, oh, damn it. Shit. <laughs> um, all right. So taking that question a little bit further, let's say you keep using those motivations to get better. What would be that perfect picture of your life? 20 years down the road, you'll be what mid mid upper thirties at yeah. that point. Um, you know, kind of take us through, you know, what's that perfect picture of your life here in 20 years? You know, the, the goal is to play professional baseball as long as I can, you know, at some point the game's going to uh, catch up to me. You know, I want to play professional baseball, hopefully at 35, I'd have a good career. Um, you know, if not, I take pride in academics and, um, I'm a, I want to do business, something business in college and stuff. So, you know, when baseball ends, I'll have a good uh, backup plan as well. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm obviously a family guy, you know, I take pride in family. So hopefully I'll have a good family by then as well. So. Okay. Okay. So what, one question I kind of want to throw in here today as well is center Grove football. 
You talk yeah. about how you know you are a two sport athlete, center growth. From what from what I hear, obviously I'm from the yeah. state of Indiana. So <laughs> when I was playing yeah. football in high school, I remember oh, center grows in the state championship again. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. Obviously have you know Taven Jackson's going to be the starting QB at IU this year. Bunch of different guys. Kind of take us through that center grow football program and just that yeah. experience you've had with them these past couple of years. Yeah, you know, last year was probably one of my best years of football. I ended up breaking the uh, receiving touchdowns, crew touchdowns, yards, and receptions records at Center Grove. So that was a really fun experience. Um, getting to play with my next door neighbors, the starting quarterback. He's actually going to Duke. So we grew up together and we've thrown each other our whole lives. Uh, but the community, especially, you know, in football and baseball, is uh, rallies around Center Grove sports and, um, it's really fun. You know, get out there and there's like, I mean, there's probably 7,000 people at every one of our games. So we play a national schedule this year. Our first game is in St. Edwards, who's uh, the number 13 team in the country. So we play them at uh, Cannon, Ohio in the Hall of Fame Classic. So that's a really fun way to start the season. You know, it's my probably my last year playing football ever. So just looking to experience or enjoy the experience and have a good time with the guys I grew up playing sports with. So yeah, I'm sure I, you, you mentioned how it might be your last football season, your last yeah. season playing football. I guess that was my next question. You, are you, you, you know, you're yeah. planning on maybe being a two sport athlete there at Cincinnati. You think that's, you know, in uh, a possibility at all. I've had, I've had a lot of coaches reach out to me in this past off season and, you know, uh, all the Mac schools, ball state, all of them have reached out. I've talked to, um, Iowa a little bit. I did talk to Cincinnati once or twice. Uh, you know, it obviously would be incredibly hard on my body, but we'll take it into consideration. We'll see how this year goes and then um, go from there. So, okay. All right. So like I said, before we started recording, I have two questions that, you know, I've never asked before, kind of just threw it onto the list here okay. today. Heard, heard, I heard, I can't remember. I think I was scrolling TikTok and I heard, <laughs> I was like, you know, shoot, let, these might be a couple of good questions to add right. into, you know, the question list. So question, I'll just ask them back to back. So question number one, coolest right. contact in your phone. Obviously you've got a major league base. I'm sure you got, you know, Brandon in your phone. So you know, that's pretty cool to have a major league ball, yep. player, but who's that coolest contact yeah. in your phone. And then TikTok for you page. You scroll, you log into TikTok. You know, what are you seeing? Yeah. Uh, that, that's something, you know, <laughs> obviously TikTok's before you page is pr pretty good. Well, you know, take us to those two questions. Yeah, I think obviously Brandon's one of the coolest people I have to say I can contact him at any time. You know, I can text him at any time. Uh, another one I would say is uh, Dylan Wendler. I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with him. He plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's like my brother, one of my brother's best friends growing up. So I would say, He's another cool contact that I have in there. Okay, so, okay. yeah. And uh, for you, Paige, man, I would say a lot of us, a lot of it now is me and JT Steiner uh, look at a lot of just like random animal videos that just like pop up on our for you page. So we'll send them back and forth, whether it's like just some like dumb dog video or something like that. We'll have a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of golf videos as well come up on my for you page. Um. And then, you know, I don't get much dance TikToks on my For You page. <laughs> kind of filters them out. So it's yeah. more, more of the sports side or just like some random funny meme, I guess I would say. So. Yeah, I think I, I think I was scrolling through the other day. I think it was Theo Vaughn and uh, Luke Combs. Yeah, I get a lot of Theo Vaughn. Yeah, no, I, I see I see Theo Vaughn. Like, I think I bet if I would log on to TikTok right now, probably within two, three yeah, videos. Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn. But um, yeah, that's where that question came from. I saw I think it was Theo Vaughn. He was asking Luke Combs. 
what his TikTok for you page looks like. Yeah, yeah that's that's, yeah, that's a pretty interesting question there. But yeah. <laughs> um, final two questions here for you. Again, I'll ask them back to back for you. Yeah. Um, so go to playlist. Let's say you know you like you said tomorrow you head back up north to Indiana. What's that go to yeah. playlist you're throwing on? Genre singer, maybe even a podcast. You know, what's that go to mm-hmm. playlist? And then final question. Dream NIL brand. You get to Cincinnati, able to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What is that yeah. dream NIL brand to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? All right. So number one, I would say right now I've been listening to – I'm going to a Drake concert in like three days. So I've been trying to learn all – I mean, like I know all of them basically. But um, I'd say Drake right now has been on the plane. I've been listening to him a lot. So I would have to say my go-to playlist is – just a nice Drake playlist with okay. all of my albums. So, and then to my dream NIL brand, I would have to say Jordan since he's switching to Jordan. So that would um, probably be the coolest thing. If I could rep Jordan as an NIL brand, I would say that's probably the cool thing. I'm sure. I, I didn't know that Cincinnati was switching to. Yeah, to they Jordan. switched their basketball teams doing Jordan. We're all Nike now. So, and then. Okay. Michael Jordan's old coach, Roy Williams, is, like, really close with the Cincinnati guys, I guess. So he got the Jordan deal for basketball and stuff like that. So maybe I can rock some Jordan cleats when I get there. Yeah. I, I always <laughs> I always love seeing that Jordan brand on the baseball field. Obviously, Derek yeah. Jeter with the Yankees did it. Yeah. I believe UNC, Michigan, maybe a couple other yeah, schools they, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I always love seeing that Jordan brand on the baseball field. But, It'd be pretty cool. So. Yeah, I'm sure. But, no, man, that's the final question here in the J.K.R. podcast. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, yeah, no problem. As you, as you go through the rest of this summer and go through the fall for football as well, you know, good luck the rest of your career for football, rest of your career for baseball. Um, hopefully you go out you. all out there at Cincinnati, maybe win some Big 12 championships, go on, have a professional yeah. career as well. But, um, you know, you know, again, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. And best luck the rest of your career. Hey, thank you. Thank you for, you know, having me on. It's been a long time that I'm making, so. <laughs> there you go.